Hello to all of my wonderful listeners. I'm back with the first Bucket Seed episode of a new decade, and to really lean into the time period as a theme, I'm bringing you an episode that I recorded in late summer of 2019 with a group of amazing individuals from a company named LBI Limited. Now, these guys are really the shining example of what most of us car nuts have always wanted to do, but never did. And so Adolfo and Keith from LBI are the ones that for over a decade have been hunting down and selling some of the most incredible vehicles in North America. And now I was lucky enough to have sat down at their stunning facility in Pontiac, Michigan to have this chat. And as you'll hear, it was during a party they were throwing for none other than Radwood, Detroit. The place was buzzing with car nerdery and particularly of the 80s and 90s vintage era. And it was epic in many, many ways. But before I get to the episode, I must throw out a massive thank you to some of the best damn people I know. Art Cerventes and Lane Skelton from Radwood and DWA, Driving Well Awesome. Now, these guys have helped me with interviews and access to the Radwood world on countless occasions and are certainly instrumental in this particular episode happening. You even get a quick cameo from Art himself in the show at about the 22-minute mark. So make sure you listen to that. But Art and Lane, if you are listening, thank you for helping me with this episode and thank you for everything that you've helped the Bucket Seat accomplish in the last decade. I feel like I can finally say that. So you all notice that the room and ambient and partygoer noise in this episode is there. And although it doesn't sound like a studio setup that I often run, I like the character it gave the episode. And one thing I do have to say up front is that although I did have an equipment storage card failure midway through the episode, I did try to patch it together to the best of my ability. I think you'll still get the gist of what Keith and Adolfo are all about. It was such a fun episode to record, and I think you'll all really enjoy the whole thing. Now, without further ado, I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. Um, great. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, welcome back uh, to the Bucket Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and I am sitting here at a place called LBI Limited. Um, and it's near Detroit, but it is considered Pontiac, right? Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Keith Kozak, uh, partner and specialist, and Adolfo Masari, co-founder and specialist of LBI Limited. So what I'm going to ask guys is maybe if you can give me a little bit of, uh, of an idea of, of LBI. So we know the location right now, but what is LBI? Give us the kind of elevator pitch on what it is. So we'll, yeah, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with you, Keith. Yeah. So we really kind of brand ourselves the next generation car guys, if you will. And in that respect, we're all fairly younger in what is for the most part, kind of an old man's hobby. Not, not all entirely, but you know, a lot of car dealers uh, are not our age. In fact, I'm the oldest one of the group and I'm 37 and the rest <laughs> of the guys are about six or seven years younger than me. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of consider ourselves the next generation. And in doing that, we like a variety of cars that span basically the entire history of the automobile, everything from early brass era stuff. But we do a lot of what we call next generation cars. And that's Acura NSXs or Toyota Supras or young timer cars as they're kind of now branded in the hobby and everything in between sports cars and and all sorts of stuff. But we take a much different approach than your normal car dealer. We put a lot more time and effort and energy into the way the cars are presented. So 
more like if you think of a way a car comes across at one of the more elite auctions from professional photography, videography, and professional descriptions, not just your normal 10, 12 photos and a quick blurb here and there. We, we're very passionate about what we do. We love what we do. And, and that's kind of who we are. Cool. Um, and now in terms of like what, what we're seeing around us right now, I think it's probably relevant to let everybody know that we're sitting here at LBI's office. Um, and this is the day before Radwood, Detroit. So I've driven down from Toronto and I'm sitting with the guys here in their awesome office in the showroom and maybe one of the coolest environments that I've seen. So maybe tell us a little bit about this space in particular, and maybe Adolfo will get yeah. you to, to, to uh, take us through that. Yeah, so this space was uh, is our second location. Our primary location's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So like three years ago, we really wanted to expand the business to Midwest and then eventually to, to, to the West Coast. But our first step was expanding to the Midwest. And we met Keith at, uh, he worked at an auction company and uh, he was our specialist. And um, we really had a great synergy together. And we eventually, uh, stroke up a partnership and uh, decided to open this uh, awesome location here in Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, it's a cool like up and coming area. It was down and out for a very long time. And uh, we saw value in the area and just love the vibe and the like the kind of like, kind of like Metro Detroit toughness about it. So it was, it was cool to be here and, uh, and find this building in particular. It's uh it was part of the uh, Oakland press. So, which is a, uh, I think, are they still around or are they defunct? No, they're still point? around. They're still just around. Uh, mainly in an electronic or online capacity, but they sure. used to be, you know, they were a print newspaper in the Metro Detroit area for a number right. of years. And this right. was part of their home base. So. Right. So this was their administration building and um, we bought it and uh, it was kind of, you know, just your typical office building, just filled with cubicles and we clear spanned it and uh, filled it up with a bunch of interesting cars from the 20s all the way up until modern stuff so yeah it it, it, it there's a wide variety of stuff here so yeah it's one yeah. of the it's one of the downfalls of the podcast is that everybody doesn't necessarily get to see what get the, we're the, seeing the right now it'll, it'll, um, but uh, yeah. but i mean you guys have a really great website too and we'll be able to kind of uh, plug that at the end of the show um but uh yeah it, it's a it's a really special place i don't think i've been anywhere quite like it um around the uh around the globe even i mean I, i've been to some pretty cool spots and this is uh this is right up there on the charts so uh, i do encourage everybody to check it out um and we'll, we'll we'll share all the the website and instagram info at the end of this um but i mean i guess before um before we go any further it's one of my favorite parts of the show and meeting people new people um is really understanding how it all started and this is a bit of a, a dive into the psyche of all of us who are so crazy about cars so um, I'm going to go through um, kind of where I start with all my guests, and it's the beginning. So we'll go back and forth. So Keith, you can start the the, the answering session on this one first, and then Adolfo will go next. Um, so what was it that got you into cars? You know, what was it that inspired or hooked you? Man, I've I've been into cars as long as I can remember. Um, I, I guess the 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 memory that sticks out in my mind the most, aside from being a kid and playing with matchbox cars and that sort of thing. But the, the thing that really sticks in my mind into becoming involved in the collector car side of things was that when I was 13, we moved locally here to Bloomfield Hills. I grew up Metro Detroit my whole life. So I was around cars a lot. My dad was in a, 
uh, old Corvettes and like that sort of thing. But the thing that I really remember was that our next door neighbor had two boys, two sons, who basically ended up becoming my best friends. But as we grew up, I his dad was really big into um, Jaguars, uh, Alfa Romeo, and he used to show uh, uh, XK120 and XK150 on the basically the national... did and I'm like okay like this guy knows what he's doing he's getting 100 point scores or 99.99 point scores on a national scale like every time he goes to the show and winning blue ribbons and all sorts of stuff and I'm like this is really cool and that's that's how I got into the classic car scene that's pretty uh it's pretty interesting how you had such a specific entry into it like that and so um did you like when, when you were into it do you have siblings like was there any was there any other influence from them throughout this either no i i'm, a, I'm an only child and um basically those two boys became my brothers nice. and still are i was i was best man in their weddings and one of them lives locally one lives in germany now went over for his wedding and uh we still keep in touch in fact uh carl the father he he was here uh earlier tonight and supports everything I do and I attribute a lot to what I do now because of him and um, you know uh, they're still basically my family so it's neat I didn't have any brothers growing up but but essentially they are you know my brothers and one of them now works for RM Auctions so it's kind of funny no kidding oh that's yeah. wild okay um, how about you Adolfo how did it all start for you so a lot like Keith I've been into cars since I can remember um, my mom always tells me the story about how I would walk around our apartment complex and name each car, make and model almost to the year by just looking at their bumpers. Cause you know, I was a toddler and I, that's all I could see. Right. right. So, um, yeah, so I, I can't even, I don't even know anything besides cars. So, um, so my dad was really into cars too, but he never had anything really collectible or special or anything like that. Um, when I was growing up, he was still a resident and, and becoming a doctor and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, but he was a big influence on like shaping my car likes and dislikes and that sort of thing. He always, he always got DuPont registry and always say like, oh, well, nice. if I had a lot of money, I would get X, you know, right, it's right, like, yeah, yeah. so like when I was 12, 13, I would latch on to like, I would go to DuPont registry and I'd look at 355 Ferraris and I'm like, I want to get that car someday. And, um, you know, so I would, I would look through there, I would page through and I was like, okay, yep. maybe I can afford a replica. Like maybe when I'm 16, <laughs> I can get a replica 355. So yep. like, yeah, of course. You know, it was like one of those things. So, um, that's kind of what, what, um, 
evolved into this whole business. It was a, a later in life that that want to experience a bunch of different cars, but to do it in a way where I could afford it and like progress up to the cars that I've always lusted after and that sort of thing. So yeah, there's yeah. something to be said about the fact that you can't necessarily own all of these cars right. yourself, but you can certainly experience them. And exactly. I think there must be something really. Um, uh, really gratifying about the joy that you bring to a lot of people that are finding these cars. And I mean, I know that's probably part of the, you know, the sales pitch, but I think that's the honest part of it as well, is that there's so many people that must be so happy about fulfilling this kind of maybe a gap in their life, or there's this hole where they never thought that this would ever happen to them. Um, and you guys are, you know, you're finding all this great stuff. So, I mean, that's, I, I really love that part of it. Um, for you guys, like, what was it that, what was the first car that you had, you owned yourself? So my first car was a uh, 04 Subaru WRX. Nice. You know, the blob eye. Okay, like, okay, yeah. I really wanted the STI. I wanted it <laughs> in WR Blue with the gold BBSs, but I couldn't step up to the STI, so I, yeah. went, with the, I went with the WRX, and uh, I love that thing. I mean, I must have polished the paint off of some of those fenders. <laughs> I mean, right. like, and anyone who's had a WRX, like, the front fenders were super like the metal was so like fragile. So like all my friends would lean up in high school, they would lean up against my fender. I was like, get off. Like I was that guy that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. vacuumed get his car, car after right. my yeah. friends were in it. Like I was a super psycho about right. it. No <laughs> eating, no eating in your car. You're right, right. No yeah. eating, no nothing. Camry and he has right, no idea right, what you're right, talking right, about. Right. Yeah. I parked in the far end of the parking lot, made sure everyone didn't hit my car. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was that guy. Yeah. But no, I, I, I genuinely loved that thing. And um, yeah, that was my first car, and that's kind of what uh, just that's further fun. sparked my interest. Kind of in set everything. it off. Yeah, it's just like crazy. But what about you, yeah. Keith? Well, it's funny. Dolfo had a 04 WRX, so I, it's, it wasn't my first car, but I did have a 06 WRX. But my first car was a, I think it was a 99, I think 99 Jeep Cherokee Sport. Uh, oh, that's a great a four one. Four liter, yes. yeah. I think yeah. it was pretty torquey for what it was. I yeah. mean, it was a fun. Wait, the sport, fun car. sports a two door, right? Is that the two door? Uh, no, it was a four, four door. door? Yeah. It was the boxy one. It wasn't a Grand yeah. Cherokee, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but like the it, proper Cherokee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I literally smashed every panel on that thing before I got rid of it. But <laughs> nice. yeah, it was a fun thing. That's awesome. Yeah. I had my my dad was a big Jeep guy, and so we had we had all the Cherokees, and oddly enough. Uh, I'm a crazy Subaru guy and I, yeah. you know, I drove my SDI here nice. today. Oh, that's awesome. yeah. <laughs> um, so we clearly, you know, there's some common threads there. Um, okay. So what about uh, tinkering with cars? Did you guys ever tinker with them? Um, when you had them, I, I know there's some guests I have don't tinker at all with them. And I totally understand that too. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, my WRX that I had, it was a, it was a 06 WRX TR. So it was the tuner ready one, right? So it was right. like totally based out cloth interior, you know, no options, hardly like That's it, sick. it was cool. And that is cool. Uh, I mean, I stripped that thing down and I mean, I literally did everything basically with the exception of internals and transmission. I mean, bigger fuel rails, bigger injectors. Oh, you went all Monster out. turbo. Yeah, like, nice. Open, ex open wastegate, like, oh, I mean, absolutely. Everything you went had to the like point where it was four... unreliable as a daily job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally unreliable, burning <laughs> off, crazy. There. 400 yeah. wheel horsepower, I think, oh, is what I was no pushing. Way. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I was, I was nearing the end of the probably stock internals. I was very close to purchasing a dog box uh, set up out of Australia, uh, PPG 
setup that nice. really would have made it difficult to daily drive. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, but that's what we love, right? We yeah, love a really right, difficult right. Yeah, like daily drive. So difficult for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the first car I think that I really tinkered on myself. And I mean, I did some stuff to my Jeep, tint the windows and subwoofers and sound systems, stuff like that. Yep. But like in terms of, you know, modifying the car for performance there's the wrx yeah, yeah. i mean what it's a, i mean it's a great platform <laughs> yeah, to start with it's, i it's pretty amazing i started with uh i started with an eg civic that was really my nice. of course you know like the 400 dollars, not even a rolling chassis <laughs> kind of like awesome. build it up and then of course I've had a lot of that's so with great those. Oh yeah. My God. yeah and then that's the so class great. can you guys guess what the next car was that i got is that uh, it was an S13, so I went to 240SX nice. right after oh, that. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, Very cool. But wow, otherwise, it was the fi yes. five liter was where I was at. But, I mean, that leads us. So, Adolfo, what about you? Were you were you tinkering at all? Yeah, so actually to my WRX, I did a, a fair amount of stuff. I did, I did, I wanted the blow-off valve. I got the loud HKS yes. whistling blow-off valve. I the mean, yeah, the fascination was, with that sound is I crazy, don't know. It's it? amazing. No. Yeah. Anyone that got uh -huh. into my car was like, dude. What's wrong with your car? I'm like, no, everyone wants that. Like, and then dope. I have to go in and explain <laughs> yeah. it to them and to, to a non-car person. Like, oh, that's why so would you want that? Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, it's it doesn't ridiculous. seem to make sense. Why would you yeah. not yeah. want yeah. that? Is the question? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know that. Well, that was my response. But that's so great. No, so I I tinkered with the WRX a lot. I did a, a lot of cosmetic mods. I okay. did carbon fiber trunk, like all sorts of. Oh wow! Stuff, you did carbon trunk too. Carbon yeah. trunk. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes. That was like an evolution of what i first had i had the i think i had the what was it, the s202 rear wing on it for cool. a little yeah, bit nice. and then cool. i went yeah i went to yeah very so cool. yeah. so yeah there was a progression there and uh yeah, i did some some mechanical mods too as well but nothing too crazy because i want I, I daily drove it i yeah. took it i drove it everywhere i went yeah. snowboarding every day awesome. literally awesome. Was, that's an hour drive wait hang on so back, did you so, uh, so I, if i'm not mistaken keith you grew up kind of detroit yep. area yeah metro detroit yep. but adolfo how about you were you yeah so i grew up in the suburbs of philadelphia okay so like okay. a mountain was kind of close proximity but they're right. foothills but like yeah, <laughs> yeah what yeah. i call the mountain lot, on the east coast a lot bigger than what we got here yeah, yeah. No, i mean listen, i grew up in southern ontario where it was basically an old garbage dump that had been uh, converted same. over so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um okay well speaking of that era for us um I love this question, and I'm so interested hearing it from anyone from a, that isn't from where I grew up, which is, what was the cool car everyone had to have when you were in high school? Well, or at least the know. one that you wanted I, to have that yeah. you couldn't have or you didn't so, have. So I don't know if it was the cool car that everyone wanted to have, but I remember in high school, um, there was a, a kid who actually is a pretty well-known chain of stores here in metro detroit but he he had an e55 amg oh wow that was brand new and okay. I, I mean okay it's, yeah it's a pretty epic car i that mean is. i'd still like to have one of those uh yeah not so much a newer one but an older one like i'd rather have a throwback from when i was in high school uh 2000 or something like that i think it'd be real cool and yeah. uh that was it was a pretty cool car to see sit in the parking lot and then another kid had a yellow uh s4 uh, uh, was it the B6 back? Uh, uh, it would have been like a 99, 2000. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, super rounded front and rear, and then he had a bluff valve on it too, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty what is cool. the, uh, what was the, the color of choice for the S4 for you? Was it the yellow? For me, was no, it? I would have gone blue. Ah, uh, the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Yellow is cool, funny. but I would have gone blue. Yeah. yeah. Mention that I actually owned an Agaro blue B5 S4. Nice. For so cool. About a year. Oh, this was amazing. after the WRX. Had the um, Nagara blue inserts in the seats, totally stock. 
I love I that love thing. Those cars. And I sold it to my little brother, <laughs> lost money, and a week later he, he ran it? it up into a curb. Oh, oh no! And yeah, yeah. 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 And this was when I was first starting to get into the whole car business end of things. Yeah out of being an enthusiast oh, but oh man um, yeah and then i saw it at a salvage auction of course of course <laughs> and I, oh, come on. I saw it on copart That's, really and i was i'd be so pissed i, I was oh, extremely man. upset and well, uh this yeah, what happened so. with my s13 as a kid yeah. bought it from me and did the sr20 swap in it and then or no no he did an rb swap in it and wrapped it around a telephone pole like oh, classic oh, story man. Uh, and after i'd put so Heartbreak. much work and restoration it yeah. was like a single owner and i mean i'm you know i'm i'm kind of i'm feeling like i'm probably right around the same age as you guys and yeah. so yeah. Uh, I had some fun times. I worked at Volkswagen's head office and I managed their press fleet for a while. Oh, and so awesome. that cool. was like in the era of the 1.8 liter turbo GTI and the VR6 GTI in the <sighs> same model year. Like that was such Man, a fun. That's a great I got an RS6 with that. Michigan plates on it for a while. Oh. I, we had, I mean, a lot of fun oh. at that age when you probably shouldn't have that much fun. But um, OK, so listen, OK, Very so cool. we're going to we're going to move into the last question of kind of these ones before we talk a little bit more about LBI, which is daily drivers today or maybe it's a stable of daily drivers yeah. um it's always funny when you know i look around at what i'm seeing right now and i'm like well you could kind of take the keys to any of these um or not maybe but yeah. um why don't we start with uh, keith what do you uh, what's your daily <laughs> you're gonna laugh so i daily drive a 2016 ford f-250 all right super nice. duty yeah and yeah. uh it's just you know it's just a purpose-built thing, right? So totally. Yeah. Buying, selling cars, or trailering stuff, picking cars up left and right, and that's you know, very practical. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's very practical. Yeah. You know, and we're a small business, so you know we try to move as much stuff as we can. You know, we have obviously transport companies, you know, that ship stuff cross-country, but yeah, you know, we have a single car, two-car enclosed trailer, and oh, nice. You know, when it's convenient, we do it ourselves. So yeah, that's what I drive daily, and that's you know, awesome. with winters and stuff around here, it's not <laughs> a bad thing. So I hear that. Yeah. How about you, Adolfo? So Andrew, our third business partner, is the one who drives the truck, right? right? Yeah. So <laughs> for us, so I get to drive the fun stuff. Cool. And we trade off sometimes, but yeah. I drive uh, right now, currently a two thousand. M5, oh, nice. stage two. And I absolutely love the car. Yeah. Bought it a year and a half ago. Um, it's been great, but minus all of the maintenance nightmares. I mean, I think uh, we, oh, man, we paid 11 shot. grand for it. Oh, we and we spent put, five or six in maintenance. Yeah. Tried 10. Oh, oh <laughs> man. It's been bad. Yeah, it's I, and it, it was one of those Florida cars that was just like baking out in the sun. So all uh -huh. the seals were oh, gone. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. They're great cars, but if you get a dud, like I have it, it's been kind of a headache. But I'll do, yeah, I've been trying to support it, keep it going. I still love it. But yeah. the, the second car is um, S54M Coupe. I'm oh, a nice. big M Coupe guy. Yeah, I yeah. love those cars. Yep. It's kind of one of those polarizing cars where you love it or you hate it. Totally. And I just love the clown totally. shoes. I'm I've a always huge clown them, shoe so. fan myself. Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. awesome. I love yep. What color? It's just silver. Cool. Yep. Black cool. interior, pretty standard, but we've had it for six years or so, seven years at this point. So, I love awesome it. I mean, it, it's it's telling in what you guys are up to. Oh, look at this! We've got art from the DWA podcast. <laughs> I uh, wanted to interrupt this regularly scheduled program because the party is pumping out there. Uh, we got the LBI lot. We filled it up, the one next door. 
Um, so I wanted you guys to see that hopefully soon. But yeah, it's it's looking great. Thanks so much for hosting us, guys. I mean, Absolutely. the food is amazing. The venue is really really cool. The cars are killer. So we're excited to have you guys out tomorrow as well. Yeah. So we're excited, we're excited to be there. Yeah. Thanks, Harv. Love it. What's up, Trevor? How's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Thanks for popping in here. Thank you for helping me out with meeting these guys and inviting me out here and throwing these events. This is awesome. I, I honestly couldn't imagine what we'd be doing without Radwood right now. Right? It's great. Is this it's, it, was a, it was a really important thing that, that, that happened, and I think it's uh, it sparked a lot of different events for a lot of people. So definitely um, wouldn't be having this much fun in Pontiac on a Friday. I can tell <laughs> yeah, you that. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, it's funny because we're moving right into the last probably three questions uh, yeah. before we let you get back to the to the party, which is Later. really the uh, yes, yes. the uh, what like in terms of the best and the worst of this business for you. Um, you know, what are the highs and the lows? And give me kind of like the rapid fire um, because we, we move on to a couple that'll give you some time for uh, a little bit of detail after this. But what would you say the highs are? I mean, highs are really, you know, sometimes helping that seller. Maybe they go through an estate situation where their father passes away and they need to, they need help selling, you know, a small collection or a car that's super sentimental to the family and is really important to them on a personal level, but they either A, can't financially afford to keep it or B, aren't interested in it because it's almost too sentimental, right? So, you know, helping them realize from a financial standpoint and also from a presentation standpoint that maybe most car dealers won't take the effort or the care to, to give them, you know, we, we really strive to go the extra mile and, you know, kind of try to facilitate things in the same way we would do it if it was ours or if it was our family. And right. so stuff like that's super important. I think, you know, we, we, we try to stick to cars we really like and know and love and it keeps it fun. And, um, you know, we're also more knowledgeable that way too, but, you know, we really enjoy helping people, um, and representing them or their family. And, you know, when we can see that and see that through to a sale, you know, to another collector who's going to carry on that tradition, carry on the car that was super important to their loved one. And then you see it pass on to somebody who's super energetic and also that into the hobby. And you kind of see that torch pass is a really special thing. So that, that to me is like one of the highs. That's amazing. That's, yeah. that's really special. Um, I love hearing that. <laughs> um, now, Adolfo, I'm sticking you with the <laughs> oh, worst great. of uh, I'm sticking you with the worst of So, oh, um, great. you know, what yeah, are the, what geez. are the not so awesome parts of, uh, of, of the business for you? Man. So the, I really find it frustrating when people classify you as a car dealer as if it's a negative thing uh -huh, yeah it, it, it's just a, a negative connotation that i think is super unnecessary and not really it, it's not applicable to nowadays i mean like we i mean i know for us in particular i mean it's not to say for you know for everyone but we are enthusiasts first and car people in the trade and car dealers second and like i know a lot of people say that but we truly this is our life like I mean, there's a lot of other things we could be doing, but we chose cars and our passion as as our lifestyle. So right. I think it's, I just hate it when people talk negatively about car dealers and I get it, but I also don't want to be classified in that sort of sect. So that's, it's frustrating sometimes. And it's like, and, and it's funny cause like, um, you know, car dealers and people that buy and sell are 
or how a lot of very important cars become available to the public. Right. And it's like, yeah. especially in like cars like the pre-war category, 20s and 30s. Like yeah. A lot of this stuff has been hidden away for years and car people and car dealers come in and they either sell the car for the person or buy it from them and they present it to the world and make it available to other people. So I, yeah. I think it's an important um, aspect of the business and I don't, I don't think sometimes I think we have a negative connotation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so. uh, there's unfortunately, uh, 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 not even a few, but a lot have ruined it for, yes, for, for any, anyone who has any kind of yeah. transactional involvement in cars because yep. the connotation is always the worst. I mean, right. we, uh, you know, in my, uh, in my other career, uh, and working and seeing so much market research on you know, people would rather go to a dentist to have teeth pulled than they would to go yes. see a car dealer. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's one of those yeah. things that, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that's the case. But I think what you guys are doing here, and this, this truly isn't a sales pitch, it's just the reality that I've seen, is that this is a very different environment. Uh, what you guys are doing is very different. I know it's not necessarily, this isn't um, for necessarily anyone who's coming in and, and they would normally be buying a, a new Elantra maybe. Um, but somebody who wants something that's a little bit more special and something that has um, some pedigree or some history. I mean, I've also looked in, and I've looked at some of the the price points. This isn't an unattainable uh, world that you guys are dealing in either. And, and I think that that's that's an amazing part of it as well. Um, now, with that said, um, there must be some drama that comes along with um, finding some of these cars. And I'm sure we could do five shows just about oh, the drama. I'd love to tell the stories. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe give me, Good um, stuff, though, if you yeah. guys can, if you guys collectively have one that's like the real heavy hitter, the drama, uh, what would it be? I think you should tell, I don't know if it's that much drama filled, but it was kind of like our highlight find. Okay. okay. You should talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Let's so hear it. Yeah. I get a phone call, right? Just one random day. It's a buddy of mine who's a restorer down in Georgia, specialized in Jaguars and stuff. You know, and we have friends that have been doing this for, God, all 20 years now. And, you know, you never really get phone calls from a variety of people, right? Oh, hey, Keith, I've got a buddy who's got a Ferrari. And then you were like, okay, follow up, call him. And he's like, oh, I've got a. Well, it's not a Ferrari, it's a Fiero. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> that's amazing. All joking aside, that's a cool car now. That's Radwood. We've got one here for sale. It's a Fiero GT in case anybody's totally. interested. Shameless plug. <laughs> but, you know, that's very much the way it happens time and time again. And, uh, you know, it becomes frustrating, right? So you get these phone calls and it's like, oh, I've got a Bugatti. And then you go there and it's not a Bugatti. It's not even anything that starts with a B. Right. You yeah. know? You're like, like, oh, it's another Buick. That's great. great. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, 19... guys. Exactly. A 38 Bugatti. Buick convertible sedan. It's worth <laughs> right. 45 grand. Great. Yeah. You're like, no a problem. Yep. We can help you. No, yes. Happy to help. Right. And, uh, you know, so I get this phone call that's like, hey, uh, I know a guy who's on Long Island and I got a tip that there's a Delahaye uh, that was a show car, a Rolls-Royce show car, and a Packard that had basically been in storage for the last almost 50 years. And I'm like, you know, a little skeptical, right, at this point in my career where I'm not, like, super gung-ho to just drive out or fly out to Long Island and drive out in that. Ours always do that, too. We have the same ones. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Cool. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so... So, so, so it is. It's it's the it's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, it's the Delahaye. Yep. It's the Delahaye. Couldn't I couldn't really believe it, right? I'm like, 
oh my god you got to be kidding me right so it's and i get pictures and, it, and it's the delahay it's the rolls royce sitting there and, and the packard and they've literally been sitting in this underground garage for over 45 years what and i'm like holy hell you gotta be kidding so you know i'm like first of all like now right now how do we get there get in front of these cars it's never that easy right because it's yeah. you know obviously the cars have been sitting there for that long for a reason either somebody's just unrealistic or they're not willing to part with them or it's in a family estate sure. not for sale situation like tied whatever, up in right? drama or yeah. yeah litigation or something yeah so i'm like i'm still not i'm excited more than i was when i got the first phone call but still a little less excited you know not super excited so you know we have another combination of phone calls over three four months and finally get to the point where we fly out and go there and it sounds like you know the stuff may be actually for sale so we i meet with this guy who's an attorney i'm super excited by that to start things off <laughs> and uh super nice guy actually and he's like here's the deal he's like um the guy that owns the cars is a good friend of mine who basically just fell on bad times and i stored the cars from him in one of my buildings 45 years ago we went to yale together and he said basically the, the guy had some problems like personal problems and he never got over it became an alcoholic be, basically became homeless all he had his life possessions were these three cars and so he's like i being my college buddy i I, I gave him a place to live. I took care of him forever, you know, and he's like, he's sick, basically. He's got like a year or so, two years left to live. And I'm like, you know, he's like, basically I told him, listen, what do you, you can't take the cars with you. I know they're like the last thing, the last possession you have. Sell the cars, let somebody restore them, let the cars live on, take the money from the sale of the cars, live the last couple of years of your life and have fun like travel do right, whatever yeah. you want and yep. like i'll go with you i'll travel with you whatever you want to do but he's like they're not doing any good sitting in storage you're not doing any good living in my office building like <laughs> you don't have much time left do something with that and you know the best way you can do that is sell the car so he had talked to my friend in georgia and they recommended us and that's how we met and you know we sat there with the guy and it, you know, it was, it was emotional. I mean, I, I was almost in tears. Like it was, just, it was sad, you know, and the guy's telling me he bought the stuff. Remembers driving like the Rolls Royce on Yale's campus when he 40 years, some 50 years ago, like, and then parking the cars down there and then never leaving, you know? And I'm like, it's a pretty special thing. It's not something so you come crazy. across, not yeah, just some deep, car. Holy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, the Delahaye turned out to be a show car in the Brussels Motor Show. Wow. The Rolls Royce was a show car in, was it Paris? Paris, yeah. The it was Paris a Motor Frenet Show body. was a Frenet bodied P3. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was cool Super stuff. Rare. And the wow. <clears throat> Packard was a, uh, was it a, a hearse, like limousine a for limousine, a funeral yeah. service company, right? So, like, three pretty special cars. The, 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 you know, and he got to the point where he's like, okay, okay, I'm just, I'm not ready to sell yet. And I'm like, I've never, you know, we we really don't try to pressure people too much, but I'm like, listen, we're here. I flew out all the way from here. I said, I'm not leaving without these cars, period. Like, I know you need to sell them. Like, what's the number that it takes? I don't like, no, no, no. He's like, let, let me think about it. I'm like, I'm telling you, we're not leaving without these cars. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm not nice. leaving Long Island without them. Okay. And 
it was the one time where he finally said like he's like okay if you pay this for the delay this for the like this all in and we basically went back and forth and we got it done like five minutes no kidding. this was after five hours but right. in five minutes of haggling right we had the cars bought you know shook hands hugged he was crying it was a whole emotional thing and you know we sold the Delahaye or Adolfo's for the Delahaye actually through Instagram. We posted it on Instagram while we were there in Long Island and a collector called us. He's actually in the process of restoring the car now to take it back to Pebble. And we're going to be there on the lawn with him when it goes back to Pebble. No way. And, you know, the, the Rolls Royce yeah. went over to the Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. And he's and restoring that and that's going to be shown. The and best part about the, the P3 yeah, is it was original paint. Story. It was yeah. original paint, yeah. original body. And he's just redoing the mechanicals and keeping the dust on it, keeping oh, the patina on oh, it, that's and, cool. and that's it. He's not yeah. touching cool. a cosmetic. Yeah, so yeah. he's that's like so of our cool. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love original cars. So, yeah, that might absolutely. be a, a little long and drawn out, but it not was a all. pretty yeah. special thing. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that one feels really good. Yeah, it's very, very <laughs> cool. And it was like the, the the tactile thing, right? So we like went down there and we got the cars out like with our bare hands. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it was like hours Jeep to dig like, them out. Just like towing them out, like getting all I mean, the boxes and stuff off them. This was the, the, the guy that owned the buildings, right? He was an attorney and it was office buildings up top and, and storage garages underneath and storage units. For 45 years, there had been shit piled around these three cars literally for 40 years. So digging them out was no easy process, but yeah. you know, it, it probably took us six, eight hours to get the first car out. Yeah. No and kidding. see oh the God. light of day. Yeah, and it was, it was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I don't want to keep you guys. This is a, this is your party. We've had a really good chat. Um, I want to know before we leave though, um, what's in store for LBI in uh, in 2020 you guys got any big plans is there anything that you can share with me um is it business as usual how do you see it kind of unrolling and then also let's leave with uh, where we can find you guys too yeah absolutely so um i our goal with lbi has to always uh, to to essentially not not just be a car dealer but actually create a like a brand like create a lifestyle and our, our whole goal, our marketing, everything, and, and the way we conduct business is all in that, in that goal and to have that as our mindset. So um, that is our ultimate goal. And um, in the more immediate future, we're, we're gonna be doing some more interesting events. We're actually gonna do the London to Brighton veteran run oh, man, I'm so with a Rambler. Cool. That's a super cool experience. Bucket list item for yeah, me. Yeah, 100%. I can't even tell you how so, so we're doing that in November, November yeah. 3rd, I think it is. Yep. And awesome. um, yeah, we're doing it with a, a great client of ours who, who bought a car through us and we're gonna be taking it on the run. So like, we're, we're just trying to get ourselves in these different circles and checking stuff off the bucket list. We did Pebble, we showed a car at Pebble. We're doing the, the Bugatti uh, tour in two weeks up in New Bugatti England. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that should be pretty exciting. So, we're just trying to check all these boxes, like our yeah. our car guy goals, essentially. <laughs> is, is yeah. what we're trying yeah. to I do. I mean, for really, me, the like, whole thing besides building this brand and building something that you know, we can pass on to the, to the next generation of car guys is like, you know, like Enzo Ferrari. Let's just say wanted to build wanted to build streetcars to fund the racing team. So like my whole thing is like the business kind of funds these adventures and like <laughs> enthusiast related things that we wouldn't normally get to do like London to Brighton and the Bugatti tour and like all these experiential things that we can go out and do. Like to me, that's what's important, being immersed in the hobby. And I think 
in doing so, that also drives the business. And the same with what he did in terms of racing and streetcars and whatever. Totally different scale, obviously, but but similar kind of cross cross between back and forth, you know. And so, to me, that's what's important. Like I look at what we do in terms of going out and doing events like that, and that's what's important. I also think that's why Radwood is super successful because it's kind of an immersive event and it's a fun event. It's not this old kind of fuddy-duddy, you know, Hershey. Even though, don't get me wrong, I love Hershey. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year. But like, you know, it's, it's just different. It's, crowd. A, bit, it's just yeah. a different crowd, and like yeah. it's fun to see young people at, and and a lot a lot of young people out at car events and radwood pulls that in and that's why we're involved with it we love those guys we've been involved for a long time we did radwood philly i flew out to radwood la last year and Dolph to radwood uh new jersey i think this year and you know we really really love going to all their stuff and i think they're uh i think i think they're the next generation of car show if you will because they 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 get it like they're 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 bringing young people into a hobby that a lot of people in the hobby don't really get you know and i think that's important yeah so absolutely that's that's a cool thing well i think going back to what you guys said in terms of creating a brand and something that's really wrapped around a lifestyle is certainly uh i think you are very clearly achieving it i'm looking around and, and you guys are super new to me but um uh, I think that anybody out there that's listening really um, should take the time. Uh, I, you guys deserve their time to to check out what you guys are up to. Uh, you're two super cool dudes doing one really cool thing, and um, and I hope uh, I hope you you do well. I think it's it's inevitable, um, and clearly around uh, you're not just uh, you know in your fledgling state uh, at this <laughs> point. But um, let's leave it with where can we can where, where can we find you guys? Um, where literally where are we right now? And then uh, where do we find you on the web? Sure, so you can find us physically in Pontiac, Michigan at 58 West Huron Street. And um, on Instagram, you can find us at LBI Limited. And same with Facebook, LBI Limited. And um, yeah, let's see, in Philly, you can find us in the uh, Frankfurt section of Philly. It's kind of north of the airport and it's, um, it's a cool rustic old building. Different feel from our Pontiac location, which is more contemporary, kind of mid-century modern type. So like, Building in Philly is is uh, brick, exposed beams, all that old textile mill. So you can find us there. It's uh, 4500 Worth Street in Philly. Um, so yeah, we have 15,000 square feet in Philly and about 6,000 here. Yep. And uh, a total of probably, I would say, 50 cars. So anything yep. from a Rass 1909 yeah. Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost that we just sold and yep. then a, um, God, what's our newest car? Probably the 06 Noble. Yeah, right M400. now. And That yeah. thing is well, crazy. Well, no, no, no. The, thir- the 2013 Lotus Exige Cup. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Right. That's oh. right. And everything in between. Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that thing. <laughs> that and, that you orange know, thing over yeah. there. You know, the thing is, we, we own our own inventory, so, but but we also take consignment. So we got skin in the game, too. But, cool. you know, for guys that are looking to buy, sell, whatever, you, you want to downsize a collection, however big, however small, whatever it is, we're always happy to kind of give you our insight into the hobby and and help facilitate uh, consignments, whatever, uh, manage collections, logistics. We we do it all. So, oh, one awesome. more thing. Yeah, check out our YouTube page. Okay. Um, okay. LBI yep. Limited. Same thing. Yep. Um, we try to create um, content that kind of uh, puts you into the barn find. Like when we're doing these barn oh, finds, like Delahaye barn find. Cool. Like we document all that. I didn't we, know this. We kind of. <laughs> 
try to create a sense of like having a presence there for yeah. our viewers. So yeah. that's what we've been trying to do. We are trying to do some inter, uh, some educational stuff too. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Oh, this is so cool, guys. Listen, uh, it's a really, uh, it was a pleasure meeting both of you. And uh, thanks for having me in your space and taking time tonight to be able to talk to me. Um, this has been really cool. So, um, you know, thanks everybody for listening. You can always find me at The Bucket Seat on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all of the different interweb things. Um, keep emailing me with your show uh, recommendations, suggestions, people, and topics. Uh, Trevor at thebucketseat.ca. Um, thanks again from LBI Limited. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back at it at Radwood, Detroit. Take care, everyone. Thanks for having us on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, it's me again, everyone. Before you move on to your next podcast binge today, I wanted to encourage you to listen to something called the Double Clutch Podcast. It's hosted by Addy and Jerry of DoubleClutch.ca Magazine, and it's a great way to get up to speed on what's happening in the product world of automotive. They have a ridiculous circuit of new cars they review on their site and their podcast, and if you have an interest in honest and humorous banter about new cars, make your way over to the Apple Podcast and search for Double Clutch CA. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Also, if you want to get yourself into some incredibly badass auto-inspired footwear, check out Stripe Design for the best socks I've ever worn. They're the world's first high-performance driving sock with color and graphics inspired by the art, community, and heritage of motorsport. They're made in the USA and crafted utilizing the finest high-performance recycled fiber yarns. And like the machines that inspire us, their socks are designed with function first. They're durable, thin and light, breathable and supportive with just a touch of compression to keep your feet performing at their best. They're rich in saturated color and the fine detail they capture, the essence of motorsport that you can wear every day. So go and check them out at stripedesign.com. That's S-T-R-I-I-P-E-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. I really do vouch for these guys. Phenomenal socks. They look amazing and you will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Thank you.